It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassman. Come right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of the great shows. And if you can, please give us that five. I'm trying to give you that 3D effect. Star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, I know you can. I have faith in you. I know you can. Go ahead and subscribe below Joe Soro today if you haven't already right there on YouTube because you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air right here at Lakers Fast Break. So go ahead, subscribe below right there, right there, right below Joe, right there for you at Lakers Fast Break. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. I just dropped a brand new episode this morning right there for you, covering the latest news and trends in pop culture. So check it out today at Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where Chris Sardieri and I broke down NFL Week 4 for you, and also said, why don't hit the panic button just yet if you got off to a slow start in your fantasy league. (laughs) John's already starting already in the chat. Great to have you aboard, my friend, in the chat. I'm busting, his, I'm, I'm busting his chops right now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, they're going back and forth, Joe and John. But if you can go ahead and like, support, or do whatever you can to support us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Joe Soros group right there for you at LakersBall.com. Also, wishing the best for Laker Tom. Hoping he's feeling okay and feeling better. Please go ahead and support Laker Tom. He's still doing what he can. Please go ahead and support him. Reach out to him. Say, get well, Tom, on Twitter, at Laker Tom. And, of course, his great articles at Lakerholics.com. Plus, our good friend Jamie Sweet right there for you. Mr. Yami Swoot. He's got his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out everything that's going on there. Plus, also our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And, of course, Joe's Great Business If you're in the Southern California area, I'm going to go ahead and start as an unofficial sponsor. I'm going to go ahead and give him props today. Go ahead. If you are in the Southern California area and you need a change in your lawn for the better, Joe, I wanted to ask you, this has hit me the other day while I was driving. What's the biggest project that you've done that your company has done at sinblades.com with a Y. We did an apartment complex in Santee in East San Diego. 
that was 6,000 square feet. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) If that doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will. So go ahead and transform your lawn into a beautiful work of art today via sinblades.com. Well, I'll tell you what, so much to talk about because already in practice, it looks like we've got a starting lineup already that is in the master plan for Darvin Ham. He's already debuted it and already ran it quite a few days now here at training camp. And unfortunately, it has some of the elements we like and some we don't like, but it's not perfect. <laughs> And we'll discuss that today. Plus, also as well, the Zach Lowe, the Low, po- Low Post podcast, kind of mentioned out to me as far as another idea for a trade partner that we could have down the road. I actually mentioned to Laker Tom a couple of weeks back one that I thought may work. If the season does not go awry, if the season goes awry for a couple of these teams, could there be a new dance partner as far as for a trade for Russell Westbrook coming up this season? We'll ponder that on the back end of the show as well. John McCallion, uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on the Russell Westbrook trade? <laughs> no Russell Westbrook trade as of yet. So no free product uh, product placement, Gerald. Yeah, for Joe, I think he deserves it. Absolutely. <laughs> Joe, the newest Angels fan, Joe is denying it, but he was at the Angels game yesterday because, you know, for the best of reasons, I will admit that, but. I will yeah, say we weren't tech. I mean, I would say we left after the anthem, so I wouldn't say I was really there. <laughs> the because my kids don't like sports, <laughs> uh, like their like their mother. Uh, I I I almost regretted it though, mm-hmm. because Otani was four outs away from pitching a no hitter. If he yep. had pitched a no hitter, I would have been pissed. Eight innings. I would have been, and I was I, I, I had totally blocked out that he was pitching that 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 night or last night. If my kids would have been fine with that, I, I, I would have uh, actually. You know what? I, it wasn't really my kids. Like if I had really wanted to stay, uh, I would have, I would have been able to make everyone. But stay. your daughter sang the national anthem. Yes, she did. And then they, we had tickets. Congratulations! Now. Thank you, thank you. The problem is. I don't sit in the nosebleed seats. Uh, I only sit where the ballers are, and I've I've gone. That's where I am in my life. And a lot of the reasons why I left was because I felt like I was having vertigo. Just all I needed to do was this, and I just fall. <laughs> that's how high we were. Uh, Angel Stadium has probably, and they, they have to do this because no one shows up. They have the best food. <laughs> they have the best food in that stadium that I've seen. I remember in, that fondly, yes. Uh, so it's not a place that it's that's bad to go to. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I, I just wish the Dodgers played there. I would probably get season tickets because another hour down the Chavez Ravine is too far. Tell me about it. But, but – Go ahead. But but I, I I felt you know I felt like where I was and the mood I was like eh I'll head out but I'm just happy with, I, I'm sort of happy Otani didn't get the no hitter otherwise I would have been pissed. They get two and a half million there easy, but not, the the reason why the Dodgers still outdraw almost anyone else is simply because of the fact that it's the Dodgers Chavez Ravine. But yeah, they just the Angel Stadium as far as that's a part of the reason why Artie Moreno is selling it. He's just never been able to provide a package to consumers that is really enticing 
that will keep people coming in and out. But again, they could they get like two million plus, no problem. Just well, there's, there's, there's no identity. There's again back to what we were talking about in the last show. There's no identity with this yeah. team. Yeah. And are they I known agree. for? Are they just known for Mike Trout? Are they just known for? Okay, they got this guy who's a two-way player. We have to win. Well, you got to remember, for decades, they couldn't even come up with a, a correct name. California Angels, then Los Angeles Angels, then California Angels, then Cal- Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim. They wanted to cover all the bases. I am an Angels fan, and I thought that was even unfair. So, Well, well what, 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 what's really interesting is that it, it, to, um, in parallels, uh, the Colorado Rockies have had a god-awful team for, for years, but yet people still go to that park. That park is continuously selling out. So it's it's not as if the Rockies are a poorly run organization. They just can't get it done on the field. But a lot of people show up to baseball games there. It's it's ironic. Like baseball is a funny sport that way. It's very, very regionalized. Uh, I will say that it's good to have Sean back. I will go ahead and mention that we do have Sean and Joe Soro right now going ahead. But first up, first man here. <laughs> Good man indeed. You got to go and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here. Wanted to go ahead and start off with what Darvin Ham has now in plan. Angels talk aside. Again, I could talk for a while about the Angels, and I'm not sure as an Angels fan it would be all good. So I'd rather go ahead, not go ahead and depress myself. So I want to go ahead and talk about the starting lineup that's been running right now in practice, which looks like it will be the starting lineup come Monday for the exhibition season. And most likely if that's the case, the starting lineup for the beginning of the regular season. And that is LeBron, of course, Anthony Davis, of course, then comes Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn and Damian Jones. Your thoughts on this? Uh, I have my own opinions on it. I've shared a lot of it in the past few weeks, but your thoughts on this? Because it looks like they're going to run with that as their starting five. Well, at least they got half right. They got none in there. Uh, Is it too soon, you think? Or you think he's he's never, about ready? No choice. Because he just got cleared for five on five. Yeah, there's really no choice. You might as well just get him in there and get, get these six games in him so he can get acclimated so that he can play against Gold State on opening night. How Westbrook's going to play into this is probably can he play with Kendrick Nunn in the backcourt? Good question. Kendrick Nunn can shoot better than Westbrook. Where is Darvin Ham going to use Westbrook when LeBron is handling the ball? Is he gonna is he gonna slash? Is he gonna be the slasher? Is he gonna play defense on the perimeter? Is he gonna close out on defense? Is he gonna screw up the pick and roll like he did last year almost every game? Those are the things that I would be looking at during preseason. If he does, then it's probably best that you bring in the point guard that you just got to start the games. Um because LeBron can shoot. He's much better shooter this last few years. So if you need to spell him from handling the ball the first seven minutes of the game, yeah, I, I, I could I could put my faith in in, in Schroeder to to, to kind of handle that the first half of the, the quarter. And then 
the most important part, unfortunately, is going to be the the end of the games, how how, how that's going to end. Uh, if you have Russell Westbrook who can't shoot in the end and LeBron is handling the ball, uh, you're going to have a repeat of the mid-30s, high-30s win total. Yeah. And if that happens, then I got to go find John and, and, and hang him outside a balcony. <laughs> All right, we got a we've got actually a a nice rivalry going on between John and Joe. I like that. I like that indeed. But also here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers, the new starting lineup it hasn't been officially announced, but Darvin Ham did talk about it in his press conference that that's the one he's running for now, and it looks like it's the one that they're going to be running at least in the near future, unless something goes awry. It is the magic man himself, Sean Grice. Good to have you back. The magic man, indeed. The madman from Toronto coming off of Toronto traffic. Wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts. Oh, actually, like John said, not wearing the Orlando Magic jersey today. So I want to hear. Well, I had had a reason for wearing that. And unfortunately, Restream just uh, ashed it all to hell. Well, okay. Restream and I are still having issues. I've gone back and forth to customer service. They want a detailed list of clips with the problem involved. So I have to go ahead and get my lazy butt to go ahead and and get all that, compile that list just so that they can go ahead and give me some type of BS answer probably most likely, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, no, I was, I was wearing that to, um, to uh, have pennies back. I mean, look, we we can get into the weeds on what happened in Memphis. With I thought Wiseman. he just got cleared violations. Yeah, they he did. He basically he that they basically gave them a slap on the wrist. And I was just showing my support for Penny. I really feel he's been untreated fairly, especially by the local Memphis media. Um, I, you know, more is so like a booster who really is amoral and that that's completely like the opposite of who he is. I'm not here to defend him or, or what they did. Every, everybody is dipping into this, uh, this little game of, well, that he was inel- ineligible, but you know, we submitted the paperwork and blah, blah. Anyway, I just wanted to voice my support for Penny. Um, as far as our new starting five, um, I'm not a fan. I think that uh, if you're going to play this group for, you know, five or six minutes to start a quarter, I think that's fine. I mean, if Damian Jones is kind of playing a Frank Kaminsky role where he's just kind of in there to establish himself down low and uh, make it easier for AD and LeBron, uh, you know, I could live with that. But who's coming off the bench then? Who's your sixth man? Because that that that's more of an important question for me. If this is your starting five, who's the sixth man? Is it Schroeder? Because if if, if Schroeder's coming off the bench, you're you're you're, you're six one you're, wing. Yeah, I mean you're you're just as small, if not smaller, depending on where you move him. Um. So th- this, I think the the backcourt is going to be ever evolving. I could see Darvin Ham throwing out uh, a lot of combinations as far as the backcourt is concerned. I wouldn't, I wouldn't live or die on the hill with uh, Kendrick Nunn and Russ. 
I understand that. And no, I, I'm just with none. I'm just worried about, you know, being out for a year and him being a little bit rusty to start the season. So uh, that's my main concern is, is him right now, just shaking off the rust and how soon he can do that before he becomes the player that we hoped he he would be when we signed him in the first place. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true, Gerald. I, I share your concerns about that, I, but I mean, we've, we've kind of put ourselves in this unenviable position where you're forcing Kendrick Nunn to basically jump out of the plane and, and r- start running basically with the rest of the guys. And like you said, he's been off. He's it's been what more than a year since he's, he's gone through five on five basketball. Right. So the rest is Gerald's correct. I mean, the rest is going to be there and to, to just pair pair it off what Joe was saying a few days ago, if this team sputters out of the gate, it, it like, we don't have the depth that the Suns or the Cavs have. It's not like if we come out of the gate slow, this team isn't secretariat. They're they're not they're not going to be able to to make up lost ground. Well, you don't so, even need a traditional point guard because LeBron can handle the ball, and you hope he's using the ball and has the ball in his hands most of the time, anyways. Yes, uh, that's correct. So. Like Joe was saying, none none is um, a below average shooter. So that, that, that this, well, this none by actually be statistically our best shooter. Oh God, that's that that makes me quiver. Well, unfortunately, it might be the case because he is right yeah. around 35, 36. LeBron is around thirty five, thirty six. Tell but me, I, a better shooter outside of what you think Cole Swider may end up doing? I, you know, yeah, really. But- don't don't you find Kendrick Dunn is more effective when he's north south when he's actually running downhill and is effective as a finisher at the rim? That that's my experience with watching him. Yeah, I agree with you. He is a good finisher at the rim, but he also has the ability to stretch it out a little bit more than any of the other below average or average guards that we have on this team. We've got a huge bevy of guards, but are any of them really going to be the fit for LeBron that we actually need? Joe, let me bring you back into this conversation here whenever you're ready, if you can. Uh, I know you're on mute, so I wanted to go ahead and ask you if your thoughts on this, my friend. I mean, a lot is based off a guy who's been out a year. I think that's this season and the way it gets started off, again, playing limited minutes. He's not even cleared for a full bevy of minutes as far as unlimited minutes. They're still talking about limiting his minutes as well, and you're now throwing him into the starting lineup. Is that a concern of all, at all of yours? No, we, we have no choice. We this is this is what you have to do. Uh, Kendrick has a skill set that this team needs. Mm-hmm. Whether he can execute it, we're going to find out in the next six games, and likely we're going to need to probably see in the next twenty of the regular season games. It's just not a matter of. It's a matter of have to. There's no other way to look at it. Uh, you can't put Beverly there. You can't really put Schroeder there. They can't have Westbrook and Schroeder on the, in the backcourt. Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately it's going to have to be something where they're going to have to start Schroeder at the one and Kendrick at the two for this to somewhat work and then have Westbrook and Beverly run the, the bench and then work – the momentum of the game 
into who you're going to finish with at the end of the game. That's, that's where they, that's where this lies and spacing and shot making all the things that are extremely important in today's NBA and obviously health. uh, Those are the things that are going to be tested here so that we can see what this team will be made of. If I see, if I see the Lakers go one and four, the first five games and four of the losses were somewhat nail biters. I might be okay with that for a minute, but for the next 15 games, they're going to have to make up some ground and hope that they can go 12 and eight. They go 12 and eight. That could be encouraging. And I think Kendrick Nunn plays a big part in that because of his skill set, his youth and he does have something to play for. Uh, if he plays really, really, really well this year, uh, I was using Lonzo Ball as a as a as a barometer. He 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 could get a big contract because of his age and his skill set. He'll be this version's Malik Monk. Mm. Uh, I think I, I think he's better than Malik Monk. Uh, Malik Monk is too inconsistent. I know none isn't consistent, but he's got more of an ability to be consistent. Uh, if he's healthy and he, 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 he has an opportunity to, to, to get a, a big contract and the next big contract for him. So there's going to be motivation there to make sure he's, he's putting in all the effort. Um, it's just going to be tough guys. I don't know how this is going to play out. We're going to, we're going to find out here soon. And that's the thing, but well, it's, just... it's, it's encouraging that he at least did one of the two things that I was hoping for. And at least one. Yes. Yeah, at least one. Uh, and if he's starting Russell Westbrook, it's likely he's starting West, Russell Westbrook to start this thing because Schroeder, even though he did play with the Lakers, he hasn't, you know, he just got here. So they're going to start with Russell Westbrook. If Schroeder comes in and can can be an asset here in the next six games in some way, uh, they might still start Russell Westbrook, but at least he'll keep his eye out on possibly using him down the road in terms of uh, starting one. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get out there right now. 
I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you could get you the Here's cell phone yeah. version that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh god, yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here along with Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com. Be part of the tremendous groups and conversations that they have each and every day on the Los Angeles Lakers and also follow their game time reactions. Right there for you as the game is going on. Right there for you at LakersBall.com starting next week. Right with the exhibition seasons on Monday starting the 3rd for the Lakers at Crypto.com Arena. Also here is the madman from Toronto, the magic man, Sean Grice. Go ahead and check it out when he's here at the Lakers Fast Break, of course, as well. But I wanted to go ahead and touch on who is not in the starting lineup that people have actually projected, guessed, maybe even analyzed might be the or a better option for the team in regards to what we may be seeing from a starting lineup. And Sean, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this in regards to two names that pop up that have been a lot of interest as far as either automatics or prospected to be in that starting lineup or projected to be in that starting lineup in Thomas Bryant and Patrick Beverly. Your thoughts on that? We haven't even touched on Austin Reeves yet. No. So your thoughts on that? I mean, those two were talked about. Patrick Beverly as a 6'1 defending wing, quote-unquote, as someone who's going to be you know, positioned, I guess, against some of the better players in the league and some of the best players in the league as far as the main defensive option. Why would you have him coming off the bench? Yeah, that's, that, that's a really good question, Gerald. Um, unless unless you think that he will he will play well enough and and maybe force his way into the starting lineup, I, I don't see any other reason why he would come off the bench. I would I would slot him in as a, a starter personally. Um, basically, if this is the the starting lineup he's going with, you basically have four reserves at the one or the two. You have Lonnie Walker, Schroeder, Austin Reeves, and who am I forgetting? It's gonna it's likely gonna be a, a, a five man rotation. There's gonna be an odd man out there. Um somebody's gonna have to play their way onto the floor. Well, you got JTA, you, you have yeah. to have some wings in there, or excuse me, yeah. we don't have very many it's wings, but uh, right? you know, somebody at the forward slot that actually might be able to play some forward. You gotta have someone there to replace yeah. LeBron and AD. You start pushing them beyond 33, 34, 35 minutes again, and you're just setting yourself up for disaster later in the season. 
Yes, a hundred percent. I'm I'm not I'm very concerned that over the course of eighty two games, this depth isn't strong enough to uh, to hold uh, this team in place. <clears throat> um, I, I think it it basically comes comes down to a couple issues. One, if Austin Reeves' shot isn't falling, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's going to be relegated to the bench unless he can actually stretch the floor and shoot the ball. He's going to be relegated to the bench. And that's just the way it is in, in the game of professional basketball and life. You do one or two things really well. Your coach, your employer expects you to consistently do it. And if you're not doing it, then you have to be relegated to the bench and focus on what you need to improve. Uh, if Lonnie Walker's defense isn't up to snuff, I could definitely see Darvin Ham relegating him to the bench as well. Um, so those two guys have have their flaws, but they also have their strengths. So if either one of them plays really well to their strengths, I could definitely see Ham um, being able to live with the flaws that this team has. But if you're, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing well, it's just going to be your ass on the pine and you'll be getting splinters for the last six weeks. Very much uh, something to think about. Joe, any retort to that? Again, I mean, you, you were right on none. I think none is the best option provided he's healthy and he's not that rusty. I think there will be some rust, but I, I'm willing to live with it because he, like you said, he is the best option. I kind of wanted to see what Thomas Bryant could give to you as far as a stretch five, that possibility to see if that actually works out. Obviously they're not seeing enough in training camp that would actually push him by Damian Jones, a standard, normal, traditional lob defensive minded center. Your thoughts on this? I think I still would have tried to see, maybe let that play out a little bit more before I started definitively with Damian Jones. Just a little bit more look at Thomas Bryant to see what he has right now. Damian Jones becomes an asset half during half the game uh, if AD is playing 2020 AD. Uh, if AD is, let's say AD is just playing regular AD ball. Uh and he's not shooting well. Mm-hmm. You, you might need to, you might need to insert Bryant so he can keep the lanes open a little. There's, there's a lot of options here. The only question here is who's actually going to execute the job. We know what everyone's about, but who's going to actually execute the job? And is there going to be a player that surprises us with better play? Is Thomas Bryant going to be a better shooter this year? Is Damian Jones going to play better on defense and you know keep a nice lid on the rim when when the opposing team is going to the rack? Uh, it's 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 real difficult to assess, but we're going to find out a little bit this week, and we'll be able to pinpoint some of those issues and to see if it's something that's likely going to linger through the regular season or if if you see something where you're like you know what if he has a few weeks or a month or two uh to to get themselves in shape for this this thing might kind of go the right way that's 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 how i'm looking at this okay 
and there's wow. really no yeah there's really no other way uh, i know i sound posit- more positive than you than uh, than normal but i've i've said this before on the show when you show me something to be positive about i'm going to show you something to be <laughs> i'm going to show you positive if i see negative there's that's what we're supposed to do here we're supposed to analyze what's going on the second i heard and i heard this on on driving today on the way to my my office as soon as i heard Everybody, of course, was just teasing it. They did. I, I had to go through the damn weeds to finally just tell me who the hell they put as a starter. I had to finally dig into things before I found it. I'm like, oh, good, good, good. I can see, I can, I can see some. You know, hey, this guy has what we need here. That's why we're putting him in. Yeah, he's injured, but so is half our team. Just get in there and let's see what you can do now. <laughs> you just gotta throw people in, man. You can't just. Be afraid. You can't worry. If if Kendrick Nunn blows out a a, a calf muscle, then you know what he was going to blow it out eventually, anyways. So this is go. Let's get let's get with it. Let's go, and let's see if these guys really can live up to them saying, "Well, we didn't really play a lot last year together. We'll, we'll play together." I hope you came in shape. Let's see it. Well, let's see it indeed. I agree with you that we need to see these players play. We need to see Kendrick Nunn to see what he can do for this team. But when it comes to Damian Jones, I mean, we already know what he brings to the table. I just would have loved to see a little bit more as far as an opportunity for Thomas Bryant to see if he's come back all the way from that injury. But apparently from what they've seen in training camp and the fact that they are moving Damian Jones into that starting lineup, that tells me that they don't have as much faith in that right now. It doesn't say that they won't make a change in the future, but we'll see. Last thing I want to go ahead and cover on this starting lineup is, of course, as we always get to, as we've always gotten to, as all we've gotten to, as always trying to get to, and that is Russell Westbrook as the starting slash point guard slash, I, I don't know. It just seems to this point that a lot of people have zero faith that Russell Westbrook can actually become an effective and a positive player for the team at this point. And now you're putting them in the starting lineup at the point guard, which is to me concerning to say the least. And it has been of great concern. I know Laker Tom, you know, get well soon. Laker Tom, Laker Tom has said at nauseum as far as him not being in the starting lineup, you cannot have him in the starting lineup. You cannot have him on the team. You cannot have him a, a part of the active daily roster. It is a negative, continue negative, and will be a negative. Your thoughts on this? Obviously, at this time, they don't view it as a negative. Is that of concern to you as a Lakers fan? Uh, I have to be honest, Gerald. As far as that's concerned, I'm I'm, I'm really not. I, I I think the the narrative that that uh, he's somehow uh, a negative influence and constantly is bringing drama. I think that's, that's overblown personally. Maybe, maybe the media likes to, likes to play that uh, card, but I don't think so. I mean, we've, we've look, we've all, uh, well, you two gentlemen own your own businesses now, but in another life, we've all worked with people who for some reason, reason or whatever we don't like them uh you know we disagree um there's just a lot of hostility but when you're doing a job and especially when that job is so public 
-hmm. you have to put on the face that of unity. Mm -hmm. We're together. We're working together. I've worked with people who, who I did not like, but when it came time to do the job, we do the job, we act professionally to one another, and we don't, even for a second, let people think that somehow there there's conflict or, or trouble at the old mill because that just opens up a new can of worms. I, I, I really don't, I really think it is overblown. I, I, I think, you know, locker rooms are like cafeterias in high school. Everybody, everybody has their cliques. There are cliques in locker rooms, hundred percent. Doesn't matter whether you're in sports, whether you're working at UPS, whether you're, um, uh, a firefighter. The, the whole idea behind this is that when they get out on the court, are they playing together as one? And that's where I have a problem with Russell Westbrook because I don't think he puts the team first. I, I, I respect the skill and the immense intelligence that he has for the game, but I've never considered him a team first guy ever. And I was hoping that when he came to the Lakers, he would make us eat a lot of crow about that, Gerald. And, you know, he'd be a team guy. He'd put the team first. But that hasn't materialized. And now the Lakers are bringing bringing him back. And I wanted to say this um, on the previous show, but I, I, I really don't think that the Lakers organization, and I'm talking about Jeannie Buss and the top, I really don't think that they've thought this all the way through and that if they if they decide that they're going to keep Russell for the entirety of the season, you could have you could have a true Lakers fan revolt in which they we stopped paying attention because I got to be honest last year I watched a 48 minute game twice. That was it. It was the first game and it was the last game. Those are the only two games I watched in, in the entirety because one thing we know, we knew about last year and going to be a concern this year is that in the first quarter we got punched in the mouth teams would just punch us in the mouth and it felt like we were spotting teams 15 to 20 points before the quarter had even expired and so we were playing catch up the entire time and it never felt that LeBron and Russ were ever on the same page when that happened I, I told you this before Gerald and I uh I look back at a, a couple post-game interviews and it's almost as if Russell and LeBron watch two different games. LeBron talks about, well, we didn't do this correctly. We didn't do that. And Russ is sitting there talking about, well, you know, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. It's it, like with LeBron, it's I didn't get the ball to 280 or I didn't get the ball to, to Kuzma. With Russ... It's always somebody else. It's never about him. And and that's the issue I have is that off the court, I, I, I'm pretty sure that 
LeBron and AD keep that locker room accountable. But on the court, it's a completely different story. I don't get that vibe that that LeBron is keeping guys accountable on the court. And maybe that's why uh, Polinka and and the uh, Brain Trust decided that they were going to bring Pat Beverly into the fold here because, Gerald, people are just waiting for, for that moment, right, where Russell makes a mistake and Pat Beverly will get in his face. He will get in his face. That there's 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 no ifs, ands, or buts about this. That this is what people are waiting for. And it's going to be up to Russell to see how he responds to that. If he responds demonstrably, it's going to be really bad. Do does everybody remember last year when uh, AD and the bench were just fighting amongst each other? That wasn't a good look. No. And it portended to to just bad, bad things. So if Russell really wants to be a part of this team, he's going to have to accept accountability. And I'm I I think that's I think that's a time bomb with him. Because I don't think he's he's going to be able to have enough self awareness to understand that the common denominator with the issues has been him. Well, I wanted to say right now that uh, a big shout out to Joshua Dietz, who was asking for a show today, which we're going to glad to cover on the potential starting lineup, which has pretty much been revealed by Darvin Ham. The one thing, Joe, again, is Russell Westbrook. You have already stated on this show and actually in our chat to Blue Magic and everybody else in the chat has been great. John, been tremendous as well. Truly appreciate it. Can't wait to get you back on the show, my friend. But when it comes to... Damian Jones, you've already solidified why he was chosen as the in the starting five as far as his defensive capability, the shot blocking, the, the rim protection. Pretty much what you see is what you get, and it's a reason why he would be put in that starting five. With Kendrick Nunn, the playmaking ability, the fact that he can drive, and the fact that he has the potential of being one of the best shooters on the team is another Shining example why he's going to be given every opportunity to be a starting member of the Lakers starting five. The thing is with Russ, uh, you know, I still find the logic in it baffling at times, uh, considering what kind of player he was last season. And unless there's something of a dramatic turnaround that in camp that we haven't seen as of yet, I'm still at a loss why he's starting on this basketball team. Well, uh, I think we've talked about Russell Westbrook at nauseum here. Um, I'm going to try to, well, I'm, I'm going to try to bring up some information that I've found out within the last hour uh, through a post through Lakers ball. Uh, Austin Reeves said Kendrick Nunn was a machine today. He says uh, he doesn't even know if he missed a shot. So that is a very encouraging, that's very encouraging news. And how I can segue that into a Russell Westbrook situation well, uh, if Schroeder, Beverly, and Nunn, who are going to be the guard rotation here, if those guys can play well, then it will be an easier decision to handle the Westbrook situation. And if Westbrook becomes an irritant to team chemistry, I'm going to hope that Darvin Ham goes upstairs and says, I need this guy to sit for the rest of the season. 
and we can just roll with Kendrick Nunn, Schroeder, and Patrick Beverly. That's that to me is what I'm waiting for. I just do not see Russell Westbrook working. It this it, 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 this this is not this is not a twenty six year old star. This is a thirty four year old multi multi millionaire who has not been able to identify credibility yet. And at a time when at his age, that's when they usually do that. So. Darvin Ham is going to have to make that decision very quickly. And if I'm Darvin Ham, I'll give the guy a shot. Let's just put it that way, right? We'll give him a shot at this point. But if he's not showing anything and it's a detriment on top of the physical side, the mental side of the team, you have to send him home. You cannot risk another 33-win season. And I, I would put my hand on the book on the good book to say that if those three guys are doing are playing their roles Patrick Beverly Kendrick Nunn and Schroeder it will be enough to at least contend to some degree should AD and LeBron uh, at least play 65 to 70 games throughout the year and we don't need this distraction especially with the younger guys who we've not really talked about what if one of them comes up let's say Lonnie Walker has a good season or Reeves can make shots. Those are all predicated on good team basketball. And if team basketball is, is being, being distracted by a player that, that isn't right for this team, that means the media is going to be in that locker room after every loss and getting in the way of progress for all those people around them. It's not just on the court. The, the losses last year wasn't just because of on the court. It was because there was a mental disconnect from the management to the coach, to the players. And there were, there was no leadership in any of those areas, even with LeBron and AD, how are you going to be leaders if you're not available to? Well, the one thing I want to ask you then if this is, do you think that the Damian Jones at the five spot starting is admission by the Lakers and the coaching staff because of the fact that none and Russell Westbrook is not a great fit defensively as far as, uh, you know, this is something I touched on last season with him coming onto the team and what they were setting itself. I already sensed at that the backcourt defense, the perimeter defense was atrocious and that proved to be the case. Do you sense that that's why Damian Jones is in that starting lineup because AD will need help along the front line because of the fact that the Backcourt defense with Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn may not be up to par this season. Uh, to to a degree, yeah, but it's simply just what was available at mm-hmm. within the with the within the rules. There 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 was no one else they could get other than a Damian Jones or a Thomas Bryant financially, and they got two guys that have distinctively different uh, sets of skills. One is for a traditional. Uh, set set up and the other is for the more modern setup so in that case they they were looking at both those available players and knowing that they were able to 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 retrieve them and using those guys throughout a game because none of them are going to be 35 40 minute player type guys so if you can have each guy play 24 minutes and kind of 
figure out which team you're playing against that that day and which skill set would better benefit the team at that game then you can make the call you can still start jones the whole year but you'll your 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 um your lineups will need to dictate throughout the game what what what's going to work best for for the uh for the entire game um it's it's a, it's a it's a chess match at this point you're you're you sort of know what you want to do but you still got to see how the how the board plays out and the board playing out as of today as of an hour ago so far you're you're looking at one of your rooks being pretty effective and it's not a surprise now now that I've found this information that they've inserted him into the starting lineup. So cause and effect, guys, if you're if you're balling, yeah, he's been gone for a year and change, but if you're balling, uh, well, guys, he's balling, so he plays. And that's my kind of stuff, guys. I, I don't care about the past, like, you know, in, in general when it comes to most things. I don't care about seniority. I don't care about the past. I, I need to know what you're going to do now at this moment tomorrow or Monday. And right now I am very happy that those decisions are being made based off of merit, <laughs> not because of, well, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is starting because your point guard, whatever that means these days, hasn't necessarily like the guys that are, that would play point guard, uh, traditional point guard, is not has only been here a few weeks. So you start with the guy that's already been here and then you got to see how that plays out, but we know how that's going to play out and that hopefully will be the backup. Well, and that's the thing though. I mean, with Pat Bev, supposedly he brings even at the age of 34, you know, that type of defensive mindset that, you know, and the fact that he can play a point guard, a traditional point guard, he, he doesn't have to really, in fact, None of the Lakers as a whole don't need to have a traditional point guard simply because no. of the fact that if the team is successful, LeBron is still handling most of the, the possessions. Sean, your thoughts on this? I mean, because it's still with this lineup, I think that Kendrick Nunn being in the lineup is a pretty good choice. I think that Damian Jones, you can justify, especially the fact that if you do not have the kind of backcourt defense or perimeter defense that you need you need somebody back there that can block a shot. So I get that. But with Russell Westbrook there, basing it off of his performance last season, you've got to be concerned as far as what's up ahead for the Lakers, at least at the start of the games. Remember, Laker Tom was continually pressing last year in regards to when DeAndre Jordan was in the lineup, how bad the Lakers got off to on their starts each and every time out. And this was a major concern to him each and every time. He stressed it time in and time out. Could you see the scenario happening again? Well, before I answer that question, I'll, I'll, I'll just state for the, for the record, I was completely shocked DeAndre Jordan received another contract from an NBA team. I, I, the, just, it, the, the amount of illogic that goes through some of these NBA teams and management who think that, you know, because another team couldn't uh, get DeAndre Jordan in an efficient position, we can. No, no, you're going to find out the hard way. Um, 
anyway, I was just going to say, Gerald, yes, I, I agree. I think, you know, this group of five right now, it, instead of instead of Laker fans kind of looking at it as, you know, the starting five, is this, is this the ideal starting five? No. But looking at the roster, is this the best functional five? I would say probably, from a defensive point of view at least. So if you're starting with the basics and you have a good foundation, then I think this this portends to you know being a, a rather efficient defensive squad. Now here's here, again here's the the issue looking at this team if they're going to play this way. Do the Lake do you two feel that the Lakers have the kind of dogs on the defensive end to create turnovers? Because if you if you're not a good shooting team what they're going to have to do is what Joe said. Uh, go back to a little of that 2020, um, the dog and the hunt on defense is that they created a lot of turnovers. Um, AD and KCP created a lot of deflections in lanes, and they were able to disrupt uh, a team's offensive flow just based on the fundamentals, basically, from, from Anthony and KCP. Do we have that? those same components, maybe not, maybe, maybe a Lonnie Walker or maybe a, a Juan Toscano Anderson, maybe they're not as adept and, 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 you know, wily as KCP, but can you create that disruptive flow with Anthony Davis back there? I don't see how you cannot, um, you know, if, if Anthony's hundred percent and he's really disrupting uh, your flow from east to west, it's hard not to not to be a wing and benefit from that if you're paying attention. So is this team going to be able to create enough uh, transition opportunities to make up for the lack of shooting? That that will that will be the difference between whether or not they're say a top fifteen defense and they're in the middle of the pack, or are you, you know, a top ten? Because in with Ham's with Ham's um, approach to the Bucks defense, those guys created turnovers. They they created just a mass of humanity in those lanes, and you had either Brook Lopez or Giannis waiting at the rim. So to to me that that's that's more important. Um, if you can play. Uh, good defense for 24 seconds, that's great. But are they going to be able to defend on multiple possessions? And are you going to create enough turnovers to balance out the lack of shooting? Okay, you asked a lot of questions there, but they're basically, do we have enough good, uh, do we have a good enough defense to create turnovers, Joe, I think, as far as that's concerned. I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. Well, what we had before was, okay, so KCP had the dog in him, right? And he had the ability to also play well uh, on offense and was a wily veteran. Then you had Kyle Kuzma, who struggled as a shooter. Uh, but when you're 6'10 and you put in the effort, not only individually, but on in team defense, that's only going to mean positive things on that side of the floor. Then you have Caruso. I don't need to get in with Caruso. 6'7, you know, that's the dog. That's the dog you have there. LeBron, 
is a smart player playing good, solid team defense was always going to be a, uh, a factor there. And then of course you had a healthy AD who's in my opinion, uh, especially in 2020 uh, and even 2021 when he was playing the best defensive big in, in the league. Uh, there aren't anybody, there isn't anybody on this team I would consider a dog other than Patrick Beverly, but he's 34. I don't know how, I don't know how that plays into an 82 game season with him being a dog. And then on top of that, you got to play. Now, well, let me, let me now, ask you this. Now, now with the play in, you're, you're, you're having essentially five rounds of basketball after the regular season we're talking about guys we're talking about the a, a, the battle of attrition at, a, at its highest form at this point you're only you're asking these guys to do this for 82 games a season then you got to play three more months like this it's 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 and and you're asking guys in their mid-30s to do this well let me ask you this joe real quick when it comes to matching up against certain teams in either conference. I mean, do you think that the Lakers have a good matchup, say, against an Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, a Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, or let's say, you know, even if Wiggins continues his great play in Golden State, do you have a matchup for that? I'm not sure if the Lakers do. And people will say, oh, well, LeBron, LeBron. LeBron, you know, he's still consistent. Who said LeBron? You know, I know people are going to throw out their LeBron as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned, yeah. but thing is, at 38 or approaching 38, LeBron on the defensive end is going to turn it off and on. He, it's a natural. He did it last season, and he, most likely he'll do it this season until the playoffs are concerned. So I just see that there's a deficiency right now in the way the roster is structured to play against certain individuals, mm-hmm. either in the backcourt or in the wing, that's going to be problematic for this team. The guys that would, the guys that are going to play are too old, and the guys that are young have shown that they can't play. Mm-hmm. They can't shoot or play defense. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. And if there's a chemistry buster in, in in Westbrook repeating itself this year, you're gonna. You're, 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 it's going to come out exactly how we've been talking. Yeah. There is a solution, a, a little bit of a solution to these things, and that's the part that's going to be interesting to see if they can make it work. Or can Darvin Ham motivate or put in a system that will benefit the players? Coaching in the NBA is extremely difficult. I'd say it's probably the most difficult sport to coach. It doesn't matter if you're a really good coach because these guys don't listen to coaching yeah. most of the time. They just don't, you know, the fact that, and I, it's kind of sad, you know, to, 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 to look at Steve Nash kind of look down on him. But if, 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 if I was coaching a team and Kyrie Irving said, we don't really need a coach, I would have probably went in the locker room and told them, listen, bleep, 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 bleep. Uh, I'm coaching this team. If you can't handle it, then keep doing what you're doing, missing half the season. Uh, and then now you got to deal with quitters like Ben Simmons and, to some degree, Kevin Gar- Kevin Durant. How do you how do you how are you supposed to coach when you keep having distractions yeah. from your people? 
it's a player's league, it's this, it's that. Yeah, but if they're not winning, what difference does it make to have these guys then? And and that's how I'm looking at our team. I'm looking at it as well. It's nice that we have LeBron. It's nice that we have AD and you know these things. But can can they play? Can they can they play 82 games and then uh, you know go into fifth gear in the in the playoffs and play another three months? Uh, they're not they're not well balanced to do that as of right now. I, it would have to be surprise. It would have to be Reeves shooting from you know. 40% from, from three. It would have to be Kendrick Nunn playing like like the second uh like this like playing second to rookie of the year is his, his rookie year. Uh, we have to see this. We have to what we have to wait and see. And my my only thing, my only hope is is if you recognize that something's not working, you cut it right away this year. Don't let it linger. Don't hope. There is no hope in this business anymore. You have to play the guys that are gonna work. And if there's a there's an issue in the locker room, there's an issue with emotion or chemistry or whatever, you need to send that guy home. You need to send those guys home or put them on IR. I don't give a crap what you do. Don't let them infect the team from their focus and trying to win. And I, it's sad that we don't have the two guys that are the stars of the team. None, none of them have the 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 skin to. Going onions, the yeah, onions. Yeah, they don't. They don't have. They don't have the the balls to go in there, in in a bad loss and say, "What the f were you doing?" Seriously, and I'm talking Russell Westbrook. I don't care who it is. What the hell were you doing? What? Yes. Is, you know what? What? You saw what that? You saw the offensive coordinator of the Bills did last week, didn't you? Oh, he lost his lost his mind. He lost his mind. That's what we need. Some that's what you need to do sometimes. That was a now some will look at that because they're idiots as a tantrum. No. Okay. Some will look at it that way as a tantrum because they're morons. If you look at that, if you really focus on what was going on in that moment, that was a guy who was probably angry that this guy didn't run out of bounds. You know, like, you know, we don't have a shot here. We need to get out of ten, bounds. Ten seconds are left on the clock. You got to run to the side. And I'm sorry, guys. I know that there are angels out there that can handle their emotions. But I guarantee you, when you read up on all the people that have won in life, the people that have really won, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, people that have won, they don't sit there and go, hmm, shucks, he didn't get out of bounds. No, they throw laptops and tablets and cuss and what the F and this. Why? Because they want to win. And that's what, that's, that's what it's about, guys, especially well, in sports. Yeah, no, absolutely, Joe. I mean, there's there's that famous scene where uh, where Tom Brady was uh, about to kill Bill O'Brien on the sidelines um, because he threw an interception in the end zone, and Bill O'Brien tried to tell him that he shouldn't have thrown it there, and you don't tell a guy who's won three Super Bowls where he's supposed to throw the ball. Well, the the the, the best one was uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw this. Peyton Manning and Jeff Jeff Saturday, his his center, was right. 
if you if you were watching the game, he 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 was right. And Peyton Manning got so mad, and he, he when someone gets mad and they start not really making sense, it's actually <laughs> what makes it funny because he's he's sitting there, he's like Jeff, just center, just center. <laughs> he's like, don't worry about what I'm doing. I'm the quarterback. Just center. And I'm sitting there. I'm going, bro. He is centering. He's the the center. Is the he's the machine but in front of you. See, he's when the you, lead machine. You gotta you gotta love people who you work with who are like that because they're just intense and they're just focused and and you have to admire that and get on the train. Like no, and it, it goes, Joe. It goes back to what LeBron said on the shop. Like uh, I'm, I've I've said it first. I mean. My generation, the millennial generation, there are a lot of passive-aggressive people in, in our generation that don't really come out and say what needs to be said. Just get it out in the open. I've, and he basically said, I don't like playing with people who don't want to win. And he was pointing at Russell Westbrook. He didn't call him out, but that's who he was talking about. I think, I think like, Russ... Russ has to be able to understand that maybe winning isn't at the top of his list. You're on a team. Like, it it doesn't matter what you want. When you're on a team, when you're part of a team, it doesn't matter what team it is. It doesn't matter if the Lake, if, if it's the Lakers. It doesn't matter if I'm working for Joe. It doesn't matter if I'm working for Gerald. It's about what's best for everybody, not just the individual. The individual doesn't matter on a team. There's no I in team. There's no I in team. And I know Kobe told Shaq once, yeah, but there's an M-E. You know, he he has cred to say that because he sacrificed for his team. How many games? I'm, I'm guessing that Kobe played well over at 300 games in his career with some kind of broken bone. Broken pinky, broken finger broken hand it, it he just he didn't care it was about it was about forging on for the team and we just don't see it from Russell Westbrook Gerald I mean one thing one thing my dad taught me this he said Sean well, I, he did play 78 games last year okay look that that's true uh, uh, you know uh, the best the best uh, availability is durability so he's been able to forge like he's he's been able to forge out a career which he hasn't really had a huge injury history, a few things here and there. But just because just because you're available, right? But you're not on your time. That's, it's what you that, do on the court. That's what I. But that's what I felt like uh, with Russell Westbrook is that yeah, he he showed up, but it was almost as if he felt he was on his time, not the Lakers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to do. Or I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pass it to this individual. Or I'm not gonna rebound. It just felt like he put himself above everything else. That's what it felt like. And we could be completely wrong about that, but it, it, it just that's the way it felt. And now that you have a certain individual, like Pat Beverly, is going to be this team's accountability compass. Because if it's not him, it's not going to be anybody else, as far as the players are concerned. So, to me, I think Darvin Ham really needs to lean on Beverly if if 
we're going to get the best out of Russell Westbrook. But again, that that comes down to Russ uh, laying down his defenses and basically becoming the player that we need him to become. And this is the second year in a row we're asking these same exact questions. And unfortunately, Gerald called it a year ago, even even before the trade was finalized. He said, he said, I don't suspect Russell Westbrook will be a team first player when he comes to the Lakers. And he I met- just thought it was a bad fit. Yeah, okay. I, you were well. You were bang on. I mean, it was and it was basically instinctual, Gerald. You didn't have a glass ball. Nobody does, but you saw the bad fit. It's plain as day for me and a lot of other people around the league. I wasn't the only one. A lot of analysts that were not Lakers related were looking at in that fashion as well. I want to go ahead and mention again: it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Want to go ahead and give a special shout out again to Joshua Dietz on Facebook, one of our Facebook followers. Truly appreciate it. He was asking if we were going to do a, a show today on the Lakers starting lineup, and we have, and we would, and we got you covered on that. Also, want to sp- uh, make a special comment and a special thank you to Guacamole Pudding on YouTube for giving a special shout out to Joe the other day. He said he loves Joe's Sinblade Sorrow, my man. So go appreciate the the man right there for you, guacamole pudding. So thank you so much. These names on YouTube that we've got coming. That's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. We had a guy named Weird that was on the show in the chat room the other day. That was awesome. We had another couple of great names, and you know all these guys are great here at the Lakers Fast Break, and and of course everybody that is in the chat room, especially Blue Magic, who's been such a great part of the show. He wanted to go ahead and share his thoughts before we go ahead and drop our last comment as far as the trade options are concerned. So before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and drop. Blue Magic said, Joe, we know what they'll say. If Russ is bad, they'll say they need more time and they're figuring it out. He doesn't expect major lineup changes, i.e. Russ getting benched until it's far too late. And he also wanted to say that he agrees that Shaq said the main problem with the Lakers last year was that no one got mad and the NBA is different than the NFL. There's guaranteed money in the NBA and player empowerment is very real. He's also not a fan of Russ's game, but we have to put ourselves in, put ourselves in his psychology. This is a player who was on top of the world just a few years ago an MVP in 2017. It must be very difficult to modify. So you hear blue magic's comments, Joe, you hear them. I under, I get the fact that maybe Russ's mindset is going to be very difficult to change. The old dog adage as far as teaching them new tricks, et cetera, et cetera. Your thoughts on this before we head on out, before we head to one last question I have for you guys on a possible new Laker trade partner that may come this season. Yeah, I don't see anybody trading with the Lakers without trying to flee some of their two picks. Well, that's, I, well, we'll touch on that in a sec, but your thoughts on the Russell part of it as far as what Blue Magic's comments were? Uh, well, the, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to wait. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't. You're a sick guy, John. Um, no, he was, he was talking about weird comment guy because that was the member that was weird comment guy. Yeah, he, we were yes. all thrown off because yeah, he wanted weird, to sniff I, our don't, feet. Be, don't be surprised if weird comment guy is John in his burner account. <laughs> uh, 
you gave yourself up there, Johnny. <laughs> the there is no waiting. It can't wait. If 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 they start five and fifteen, it's over. It's over for that guy. It's, he's got to go. <laughs> if he's starting and he's playing like he did last year, which we know he will, do you think you they'll have, pull the plug early? You or? have to. I, I would pull. I will pull the plug after ten games, okay. maybe less. I, actually, I would. If we start zero and five, he's got to go. He's got to go sit. I agree. cannot wait. I agree. Let let Schroeder be the starter. Let if God willing, none stays healthy and can play the two. Then Patrick go. Beverly or anybody. I just at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't play this game anymore, guys. It's over. Uh, the, the, you can't waste a whole year not at least trying to do something. Yeah. So. Uh, and if nothing is done, then Darvin Ham is not the coach. He's a puppet. He is Jerry, a Jerry Jones puppet type player, and the Lakers have turned into the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and and if that's the case, then you're you're having a bunch of malcontents guiding a malcontent. It's not going to work. This is a already a very difficult league to play in if you're not focused. If when you're focused, you're still playing amazing talent. And guys that want to eat your, you know, eat your heart out, uh, and you're playing teams right off the bat that are, they're going to be up to play on top of it. No one's yeah. going to be lazy when they play the Lakers. And, and supposedly when- this organization has given him the kind of leeway to make those kind of decisions, unlike last year when they laid a lot of pressure onto Frank Vogel. Well, Frank, I don't know, man. I, I don't really know. When you play it conservatively, you're always it's always going to be easier for for people to take advantage of you. Uh, but that's Frank Vogel. He's not going to get in the locker room and call out Westbrook in front of everybody. That's that's something Phil Jackson would do or Pat Riley. Um, but we're not going to get that here, and or Popovich. We're not going to get that here, guys. We're just not. Uh, Darvin Ham maybe does he have the the ability to come into a locker room and even I'm. Um, Try to put LeBron, you know, if LeBron's going to be the leader and AD are the leaders, you know, they're going to need to say, you know what, dude, why did you close out on that play? I would have done it after that Reggie Jackson uh, game winner. I would have probably, I would have probably made Russell Westbrook retire that night. That's how bad I would have been on him. But that's me. Can, can you imagine... If if he played for the New York Knicks in 1994, and he did something like that with Pat Riley coaching him, Pat Riley would play that on a loop in Madison Square Garden, probably for the next week, until he either got in line or retired. Joe, <laughs> like you're right, uh, there are certain guys who don't play with that kind of effort, and it, it like John said the other day, it, it's going to be it really this season is is more interesting as far as how Darvin Ham handles all of this. Yeah. And that's something we definitely will go ahead and monitor in the days and hopefully weeks going by right here at the Lakers fast break. We'll monitor the situation coming up here in 
the exhibition season as it comes around next week, next Monday, we'll be here for post games. Remember, each and every exhibition game, even each and every regular season game, that's our goal once again. We've done it the past two seasons. We're looking forward to doing it again. Post games, extra shows. We're going to try and give you as much content as we can give you right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate everybody watching, listening, and hopefully if you've got a Laker fan in your life, you can tell them to come on over and check us out on YouTube. Go ahead, subscribe below me today, right now, if you haven't already, or go ahead and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, I want to go and hit you up with this. I was listening to the Low Post podcast, and Zach Lowe had on Howard Beck of, I believe, Sports Illustrated. That's where he's working now. They all hop from one place to the other, so it's kind of hard to keep track of all these press guys and where they're at now. They go to The Athletic, Bleacher Report, The Ringer, SI, ESPN. They just like hop from place to place or they start their own thing and then yeah just seems to be hard to sometimes to keep track of where these guys are going but he was they were talking about the lakers as one of the most confusing teams in the nba and they mentioned as far as a possibility if things go really south in chicago because of the ball injury and how that they're looking more and more like it's going to be an uphill climb for them this season Maybe mm-hmm. an eighth seed, maybe a ninth seed, maybe even worse for them. So if it gets to that point, they were talking about how that could free up a possibility of a trade opening up at some point during the season for a DeMar DeRozan and a Nikola Vucevic. Well, that's a possibility. I've also pondered to Laker Tom the possibility if it goes south in Atlanta, a Clint Capella coming over to Atlanta in a package, uh, coming over to the Lakers in a package as well. You can pick and choose who you want to go ahead alongside with him as far as that's concerned. Well, maybe Bogdanovich, maybe throwing something else as well into the mix. There are other teams that, again, this is something I mentioned earlier this summer that maybe that's what the Lakers should be waiting for is for a team that is prospected or think that they're going to go ahead and everything's great now in training camp that it goes awry like Indiana did last year. And maybe a deal would come available before the February trade deadline. And maybe you do a deal then. So I ask you, Joe, and I ask you, Sean, I'll start with you, Sean, before we head on out your thoughts on a prospective trade partner that could materialize before the end of the season that might pique our interest. Yeah, Gerald, that's, that's a really interesting possibility. Um, I, I really didn't give, uh, maybe dealing with uh, the Bulls uh, a whole lot of thought. But as I was kind of just briefly looking at over the rosters of the Eastern Conference a couple of days ago, it was it was striking how, you know, sh- the Bulls were the darlings of the league last summer and they're going to struggle this year to maybe make a play-in game. I mean, of of the East is a slog as much as the West is. Um yeah. One of these four teams isn't going to make the playoffs. The Heat, the Raptors, the Knicks, the Bulls. At least one of those teams, might might be more, are going to miss the playoffs. So if, if the Lakers are, you know, sort of treading water, or like you said, Gerald, another team uh, hasn't met the expectations they had for themselves, it's, it's a possibility... I would um, I, I would say 
I mean, I think you might be able to get Clint Capella away from the Atlanta Hawks, but... Oh, I'm sure you can because of who they've got backing him up. Yeah, of course, right? Um, it's it, th- That situation is going to be interesting. I, I Because of all the moves Atlanta made, I, I don't expect them to be, you know, looking to, to make moves around the margins or, or anything like that. To me, they, they're a wait-and-see team. I think they'll... But a C- Clint Capella and also as well, John Collins' trade could work. I'm just letting yeah, you know Yeah, see, if, if, so if you throw a John Collins in there, now you've got my interest because I, I really enjoy watching this player. Um, I think if you put him beside Anthony Davis, I think you could... If Anthony doesn't still doesn't want to play the five with John Collins... Like I don't know what to say about that because that, you, you couldn't find a better a better four for him to slide over than that guy. I'm just letting, saying. I'm just I threw that out yeah, there no, some I, weeks that, back. Yeah, and I know for the Chicago, you would most likely trade up uh, Demar Derozan and Vuk, right. uh, Vucevic straight so, up. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, you're talking about two two uh, potential all stars and two former all stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vucevic and DeRozan, so that would that wouldn't be an awful trade. I I, I don't know if it'd be a pretty good or good, but it it doesn't strike me as awful if you got a DeRozan and a Vucevic, or you got a Capella. That to me, you're bringing in a solid rotational player or two. I think that would that would be a positive for us, actually. Well, you could also, if you were looking at Washington, you can't do a Beal trade up yet because he's not eligible yet right. if you wanted to go ahead and do that. But you could find a package way of Porzingis and bringing Kuzma back if you're interested. But, Joe, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is there anyone out there that you think might be able to be a better trade partner than what we're seeing already, Indiana or something otherwise? Again, we mentioned Chicago and Atlanta. I'm sure there are other combinations that could be attractive to the Lakers. If a team's vision goes awry and starts heading into an opposite direction? There will have to be someone like DeRozan demanding a trade or they're really going to unload. But what, what's, he what's, sure what's, mentioned the Lakers this past week. That's what is, uh, th- what's his contract after this year? Wait, he's DeRozan? got one year. Okay. He's got one year left. Okay. I'm, yeah. So that could be something down the road. Hopefully the Lakers are treading water a little bit. And if you're able to use Westbrook as an expiring and get him because Chicago wants to, uh, you know, be out of that contract. Sure. I I think that that would be something that could be a a really good thing for them. Uh, I just would prefer them to not sabotage the season uh, right. You know, throughout the year, I, I, I want them to, Make a decision when something's not working right away. Don't press it. If this particular player isn't working, do not use him. And yeah, there's no option on it. By the way, it's, it's a it's a flat out it's a flat out 28 next year for okay. Mark Rose. Okay, so if that's the case, now the Lakers know that we are essentially getting our free agent uh, now instead of the summer, and the summer is not guaranteed that you're going to get anybody. And I don't know necessarily if I'd want. Kyrie Irving versus DeMar DeRozan. I'd rather have DeMar DeRozan in another $28 million mm-hmm. to get rid of Westbrook, and it's likely going to at least cost us a first-round pick. You'll also have Vucevic, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it, it would – it would. 
question is, why would Chicago do that? Why would they take on? Is this, is there going to be a better deal out there? Well, then Westbrook oh. and the two picks because the forty-seven comes off. I can't do both. I can't do both. Uh, not not for just one. It would have to be. It would have to be DeRozan and some other guy that's really good for me to really throw away. Well, they couldn't do Levine. I don't think they would do Levine. No. I, I, you know what? If I, if, if I was Polinka in that situation, I'd ask for Pat Williams. If I'm giving up a first-round pick, yeah, Pat I want Williams Pat Williams. Is this, Pat Williams' his name has been thrown around as far as this untradeable asset by Chicago, yet I... he's been injured his entire time. I know he shows a lot of promise. I have to see a play out in the court. That's, the, that's the other problem with, with Levine. If let's just say that Chicago wanted to blow it up. The other issue with Levine is he's always injured. Yeah. And that's the thing that's really killing this. It's really killing the NBA in terms of seeing a, a, a little bit of what used to, what they used to have with the dominance, like a dominant team that, you know, is going to be there. It's, it's just way too many injuries. And, Maybe the COVID thing was a problem. Maybe them coming back too early kind of exasperated it. and It still lingered into this following year that just finished. Well, I'd like to think that this year, maybe they finally kind of caught up a little bit and some guys can actually play. You're talking about only four players last year played 82 games and it was no one with any significance. That's just bad optics to me for, for a league. You're, you're really and, and we're, we're we're letting them do it, you know. Fans are letting them do it, and it's getting to the point where I don't know if they I don't think they need the fans anymore. I don't think they need they they need ticket sales anymore. They got those TV contracts. They're doing another TV contract sooner where they're going to get more money. It's just become all advertisement money for for the for the players and for the owners. And they're like, well, the, you guys are still sort of coming, and all the people that are bitching and whining that they're that, that they're done with the NBA, they're still in some way filtering something in there. Otherwise this wouldn't make any sense. Um, I'm, I, I think even the WNBA's accounting is, has been puzzling to me. I know that the NBA is subsidizing them, but after a while, how, how, how often are you going to just throw away 10 and $13 million a year? Well, we make 10 billion a year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I there's something else going on with how these guys make money, and it, it's not in any way from people that are watching anymore. I don't think. I think it's probably all gambling. I think you know what trade is- also can work. You know what trade also can work. I've been playing with the NBA trade machine, and that's Sacramento, Fox, and Sabonis coming to oh. Lakers for Westbrook. Oh. Wait, so. why Wait. would why would Sacramento give up Fox? I'm just, I'm just letting you know if it goes south in Sacramento and it looks like, you know, the umpteenth year that they haven't made the playoffs, they might be willing to go ahead and give up on it. I mean, they already gave up on Halliburton and Halliburton, I thought was the better option for them long-term. I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm just saying he's a better fit. He seems to me Halliburton like a player that would be best suited for a playoff run type team because of the fact I think he just has that really solid point guard mentality that maybe De'Aaron Fox doesn't really have. He De'Aaron Fox is a great scorer, but is he going to be able to run your team? I think on a fit like the Lakers, I think with LeBron already there, he doesn't really have to worry about doing that. And he could just go ahead and be De'Aaron Fox. And also DeMontis Sabonis 
maybe doing, even though he's a defensive liability with AD there, maybe he can take up some of the slack, but offensively he gives you so much as well. So I'm just, I'm just throwing out some, some possibilities out there again, Orlando again is also another possibility. They've got a lot of younger players. And if you really want to give up on Jonathan Isaac, if you're an Orlando and you want to say, okay, Ben Carroll's our future, Isaac, you're out of here. That could be something as well. Washington is also a possibility, as I mentioned. So there are possibilities that you could work out a, a trade with Russell get, Westbrook. Get, get Caruso and DeRozan. <laughs> that would be the ultimate. That would speak, be the ultimate. Speaking of, an, of another guy who's got an injury history, Markel Fultz, again, is hurt. And again, will miss significant time. Um, it, I think it's about around the beginning of the season. I think it's around the beginning of the season that he, he'll be back. And, that's and not the, surprising. That's by, not surprising. By the way, Gerald, is uh, Jonathan Isaac going to play an NBA game this year, or is he still on a book tour? Well, he might still be on a book tour, but also he's got <laughs> uh, knees that are very suspect. Oh, so gosh. He's someone that we would actually have to see physically out on the floor on a consistent basis before somebody's going to commit to that because he's had two knee surgeries, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So, yeah, back-to-back yep. in, back in a row. So. I saw when he originally got hurt in the bubble and I was just uh, so sad for him because, you know, he does have that, those kind of tools, which you like to see in a young player on both ends of the floor. And he could have really developed into possibly a star that Orlando needs. And unfortunately that's probably never going to materialize unless something drastically changes. So uh, again, that's a possibility as well, but yeah, there are possibilities outside the Indiana trade that has been impending for some time. So there are other options out there. It's not just Indiana and no one else. If these teams' dreams or prospects go astray, there could be more trade suitors in the offering. So, so, so can you, uh, Gerald, just just put 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 yourself in in Rick Carlisle's shoes right now. Well, I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. well hold on. I I want to go ahead and touch on Blue Magic. Sure. Yeah, I know, I know, I know uh, that he was talking about his most recent injury. I think he was going to be out for a period of about four to six weeks. It was the yes. first estimate I got. So that puts it right around the start of the season, maybe about a week or two in. But he hopefully will be able to come back and play 60 games is what you're looking at from Markel Fultz, which for him would be an actual improvement. So, yeah, I was aware that's the injury we were both talking about, Blue. So yes, yes. No, I, I was I was just going to say that – um. Like a, a fly in the wall moment for me would be if um, the India Pacers management calls Rick Carlisle up to their office and they explain to him that they've just traded for Russell Westbrook. I could see the vein in Carlisle's head just get bigger and bigger and bigger, thinking of the idea that he might, he might have Russell Westbrook on his roster. I, I don't need to remind anybody the last time Rick Carlisle had a temperamental point guard on his team, they almost burned down the city of Dallas. Him and Rondo almost burned down the American Airlines arena. So I can't imagine if I, I, I don't think it's called the Conseco Fieldhouse anymore. I'm not sure what it's called, but if, if, Russell Westbrook ends up on the Indiana Pacers. I don't think that arena will be there the next morning. Well, let's hold on to the second here because the only option for that is if he plays well, he's going to actually be traded and play 
for a team such as Indiana, a team that does not have high aspirations this year. No. If he gets traded to Indiana, he's going to be either sent home, yes, they're going to sit on his contract, or he's going to be waived for whatever you know a minimum veterans minimum, so that he can latch on to another team that might be interested in the services. Yeah. No, for- I. It's a much cheaper price. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and by I, the I, way, it's Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Thank you, John. Thank you very much, John. All right, yeah, it, that, they they change names like uh, like underwear. I I I, I remembered it as the Conseco Fieldhouse. Anyway, yes, Gerald, that that's a hundred percent true. Um, but but I, I just get getting back to it. That no, I'm done. I'm good. Okay, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> but. You know, last thing, Joe, I want to cover is, again, with this hopefully will be a, a promising start. You are serious. You are very serious that you do not want repeat of the exhibition season last season where they went and over. And mm. you think it's very important that they send a message that not only to the Lakers fans, to us here in the media, to individuals out there in the NBA that cover the team, that they can compete in the Western Conference. You think it's clearly important that next week is a start of a very important exhibition season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, I, I want them to play hard in all six, and I want them to win all every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that to me will show that there's a winning mentality that's being developed right off the bat, and then they can go in with some momentum into the uh, opening night game maybe steal that one away and maybe steal the second one and then play Portland and start out three and O. And then if you start to, you know, get beat up a little bit on a couple back to backs. Okay. That's, that's fine. But there needs to be a winning mentality here. That's all. That's just right off the bat working. And you're gonna, you're gonna make sure that AD and LeBron are, are, are preserved but that's why you have 10 other players that are going to be available. Make sure that they understand the youngsters, especially, Hey, you guys need to play the regular, the, the, the preseason game. Like you're playing the regular season at this point. I want to see what you're made of. I want to see how my rotations are going to be. And I don't see Russell Westbrook probably playing a lot either. So we're not going to really know much there. Um, probably, but we're going to know at the beginning of the year. That's that's the good thing about this. We're going to know right off the bat when the regular season starts if this is going to work. Well, we'll see what happens. I know the exhibition season has already started in Japan for Golden State and Washington. Interesting how the X factor for Golden State is the one that actually scores the most and does has the best performance. And James Wiseman with 20 points and 9 rebounds as Golden State won earlier today. Just very interesting to see how that works out. We'll see what happens for them, but also for the Lakers as well, because their exhibition season starts on Monday. And I'm looking forward to a great weekend, a great Lakers weekend. It's Lakers weekend here at Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you being part of it. Go ahead and check us out on Sunday. We'll be here 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. As always, truly looking forward to talking more Lakers before we head into the first of the exhibition games. Blue Magic has one of our final comments of the day. I honestly have the Lakers 2-8 and eight through the first 10 games. Only wins coming against Utah. He hopes he's wrong. Okay, that's a, great, that's a great last question. So I'll hit up Joe second on this. 
Sean, what do you think the Lakers record will be after 10 games? Yeah, I I was looking at it the other day, Gerald, and just gut gut feeling five and five. I I think I think if they went five and five, I'd be, I it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Damn you! I hate you. You took my answer, so I will go ahead and say five and five too. Joe, Great think alike, man. Yeah, I was, th- I was I was thinking five and five too. Yeah, there you go, five and five. We're a little bit more optimistic than you, Blue, but yeah, not no, a whole I mean, hell of a lot much. Oh God! If if we're two and eight, that that definitely means what what Joe pretended to. It's no, not working. Not it's a not whole working. hell of a lot more. No, no. But if that's the case, Joe, five and five after ten. Do you see dramatic changes taking place at that point in time? Probably not. Okay. All right. Blue Magic says Laker Tom optimism rubs, rubbing off. Very surprised at five of five. You know what? Big shout out again to Laker Tom. We hope you are feeling better. Our thoughts are again are still with you. Our thoughts, Joe. Our thoughts and our hopes for you to get well soon. He is still up and spry on Twitter though. At Laker Tom, if you get a chance out there and you're on Twitter, please go ahead and reach out to Laker Tom to wish him well. Best wishes and a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he will be feeling better and getting back on the show very very soon in the near future. I know that Josh Radiz actually stated that he is looking forward to the day Laker Tom and Joe can go mano y mano head to head on a Lakers topic sometime soon. And actually, as as I am as well, I am as well because the show is always better when Laker Tom's around. So, Blue Magic says we're going up against legit teams like Golden State, the Clippers, Nuggets, Pelicans, Cavs, and we always struggle against Portland. So, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't look like it's a great start in the offering when we're offering five and five and you're offering two and eight blue magic. (laughs) But let's all hope that we're all wrong and it's a much better start for the Lakers. But we'll be back on Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's Lakers weekend, and we're glad you're a part of it right here at the Lakers basketball.